Hey, welcome to the very first episode of Brass Taxes. I'm Caroline Craighead. You might know me from, uh, well, you probably don't know me, <laughs> unless maybe you're a comedian who I used to book on comedy shows in New York, or you're a comedian who I didn't book, uh, or you're a friend, or my mom. You're definitely not my dad. I know that because he doesn't know how to find podcasts, so not him. Uh, or maybe I did your taxes. I uh, started doing taxes in 2015 with Brass Taxes. And before that and since then, I've also worked professionally as a producer. I also write and perform, direct, edit. I'm a freelancer, basically, a self-employed creative person, we'll call it. So that's what you need to know about me. And the other person who you're going to hear from a lot in this show is Russ Garofalo. He's the founder of Brass Taxes, which provides tax help for artists, freelancers, and lots of other nice people since 2008. Russ and I teamed up to make this show because uh, in doing a bunch of people's taxes, we hear so many different stories and perspectives about personal finances, and we hear a lot of commonalities among people who feel like they're the only ones who feel the way that they do about this stuff. Talking about your money is more taboo than talking about your sex life these days. But at Brass Taxes, we don't judge. We've seen it all. And we know how this stuff can feel. So we want to bring you some honest conversations with comedians and entertainers, but also people from lots of other professions who have interesting perspectives to share. And we want to hear from you too. If you have a story or questions or whatever about how we think about money and work, you can email me, Caroline, and my email address is podcast at brasstaxes.com. So that's how you reach me and the show. And I'm going to take this opportunity up top to let you know that if you need to do your taxes, Brass Taxes is a resource for that. You can go to brasstaxes.com, check it out. Uh, you can create an account and put in your information. All of that is free. And if you're ready to actually move ahead with booking an appointment, you do that through the website once your information's in. And then you are booking a time to meet with an actual person who has all of their, your information in front of them. And it's very efficient. You meet online, obviously, <laughs> as we all do everything these days. And then you get it done. We file for you. Uh, and yeah, you can check out. There's a price estimator tool on the website as well if you want to see how much it's likely to be for you. The earlier you come, the better. So get in there. And also, if it's your first time at Brass Taxes, you can use our special little promo code POD25. That's P-O-D-2-5. And that gets you uh, 25 bucks off our fee. Okay, so anyway, that's the spiel. And later in the episode, I'm going to introduce you to Russ. But first, I want to introduce you to another friend who has a tax issue. Nick Turner is a comedian and podcaster. He's performed stand-up on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, Late Night with Seth Meyers, uh, Comedy Central's Half Hour, and John Oliver's New York stand-up show. He's got a bunch of other credits that uh, he'd probably name if I asked him, but I didn't. He's the co-host of the excellent podcast, Get Rich Nick with Nick Vatterat, which you should check out if you haven't. I was a guest on Get Rich Nick when they were talking about taxes. Uh, and at that time, Nick revealed that he hasn't done his own taxes uh, for the past three years, hasn't gotten them done. So I invited Nick on this show to talk about that. And I have that conversation for you here right now. I started, you know, when I moved here, you know, as a stand-up comedian, I've had great years and I've had very, very bad years. And the first couple of years after I moved to Los Angeles 
were not good. And um, so, you know, for the first time in, uh, I guess it was like nine years, I had to find some regular man work and I started doing TaskRabbit and it was great. Um, but I didn't want to, oh, and I like, I also did Rover just like, let me see what this is. Let me see what this is. And immediately I was like, I don't want to just be doing this. I have to, this has to be for something, you know, and right about the same time, Nick, Nick Vatterot asked me to, um, write a script with him. And I said, this is so, I mean, I had just come off of like pitching nine things since my pilot that no one bought. And I was like, guess what? That's a terrible idea. And I said, here's what a great idea is. Let's come up with a podcast idea. And then we went back and forth uh, on it. And I think, um, actually maybe his girlfriend at the time had, had the initial idea. I don't know, whatever it turned into just about making money. We started, so it was like, um, it was like, yes, this is a great idea. I'm doing these things. It would be great to have a, a reason to do these things that wasn't just money and doing these things and being like, you know, I'm doing this for a bigger. And it's also, I mean, what a creative way to get yourself out of a financial hole as a creative person, you know, to make it a, a separate thing that ultimately turns into, I don't have to do that anymore, <laughs> which, you know, it, it has. I haven't done TaskRabbit in, you know, uh, over a year. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, you know, a lot of it was because um, during this pandemic, I, I got another podcast, mm -hmm. um, which was, you know, a result of having a podcast. And then also this year, I just, I, I made a ton of money from schemes, the podcast, you know, like I made, you know, I, I won the car. I won a car on the price is right, you know? And so that was obviously a good financially for me this year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there, and there's also, there's just a bunch of, um, I've started to make actual money gambling on baseball. This is a real thing. Wow. Um, I, you know, I made a couple grand from a healthy wage, um, uh, competition where I had, you know, I bet myself a bunch of money that I could lose weight. And then I did, and I made a bunch of money. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, so some of it was successful, like the, yeah, well, a lot of it is successful. And then the podcast is, you know, it's like we make money off of ads and we make money off of referral codes. And that's actually a big part of it is, you know, if we do an episode about something, you know, and we like it and we have a referral code and we put it up there and we like, this is actually a good way to make money and you can do it too. And here, save some money and we can make a good extra amount of money doing it. Um, so that being said, it is my taxes have always been so overwhelming for me just personally you know as my type mm. i what do you mean type i don't know i mean just my whatever my mental deficiency is it, it revolves around uh, taxes mostly i've always had a, pr a big problem doing taxes i just i'm not the type of person who can do taxes i can't just sit down and do taxes i don't think i've ever sat down and done taxes without someone helping me um, and then even getting a tax preparer, I can't do the outside work. Like a, a tax preparer, I wish I could just be like, here's my account numbers to a tax preparer. Right. And then I get my check. Right. 
where you don't the have money to... comes to them. They take the money out. They give me the thing. I don't want to talk to them about it. I don't want to have to explain myself. I don't want to make decisions about how many meals I talked about work during. I don't want to do any of that shit. And I find it overwhelming. I also, as someone who's been um, in entertainment, my adult life, I have there's I have lots of different money, you know, places I'm making money from. And so there's a lot to think about and a lot to gather and a lot to hold on to. And I have to hope that every person I did a job for mails my thing to me and I see it and it gets to the post office. And um, it's kind of debilitating and I I can't do it alone. I can't do it. I need help. Every year I go to, you know, Lyra's like, you need to do your taxes. And I'm like, help me. And she's like, of course I'll help you. And she never does. And I don't, you know, it's like, it's not on her. I'm just saying like, what's someone to do? I want a magic solution. Right. I want to say, help me. And then she can, you know, do it for me. But, you know, she does her own taxes fine, but she's not the type of person to do her own taxes and someone else's taxes, you know? I don't know. Right. Um, and so these things are just not, they're not happening. And so then this year, since I started making so many different, you, I currently have a separate bank account now, just for Get Rich Nick, that has like $5,000 in it from all the different ways that we make money. And it's not a business account. It's not something that Nick and I share. It's mine. It's in my name. And I can't imagine the number of W-2s, you know, whatever that are out there. I want to cry, but I also just don't want to do my taxes. And then it, if someday I go to jail, it'll be easier than doing my taxes. <laughs> do you think that's true? Sure. I mean, I'm not going to go to jail, jail, right? <laughs> just don't. I don't have enough money to go to jail, jail. That's maybe true. I mean, but people with a lot of money don't go to jail either sometimes, but who should? I think that... Yo, they got my boy Snipes. That's true. You know, in the middle of starring in the Blade series. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> do you think, like, how often do you think about taxes? Like, and, and this anxiety about Oh, doing all them? the time, of course, you know, because especially this year, it's where it's like, people who do their taxes get free money! <laughs> and then every day, you know, you're watching the news and you're thinking like, oh, how much money are we going to get? And I'm like, I'm not getting anything. Because I don't do my taxes. I didn't get the 1200 I'm not getting the 600 I wouldn't get the 2000 Um, But also, who gives a shit? I mean, honestly, and the greater thing, it is not worth doing my taxes to get $600. Full stop. Really? Oh, no. No. I mean, like, let's weigh the pros and cons. If it's like, prevent jail <laughs> or prevent, you know, the... No, well, of course, I, I mean, if you add in everything else, I'm saying just to get the stimulus check, what would make it worth it? How much money would be? Because like? right now it's like three years of taxes I have to do. Yeah. But you're saying I don't have to do all of them. I can just do the latest year to start. Is that possible? But the latest one is the hardest. One. Well, that's what we talked about, right? Yeah. That it was like, you know, you don't have to start at the beginning. You can go to last year and just start there just to mentally be able to break yeah. it down into something that's more doable. And yeah. then you can back up and be like, okay, now that I've done that and that yeah. I'm on a roll, I can apply that same metric of, okay, how much did I spend? How much did I make? Let me do all that. And yeah. And, apply it yeah. To and so also it's like when you have a bunch of money in your bank account, you love looking at your bank. Account. Mm -hmm. When you don't have any money, you hate looking at your bank account. You don't want to ever look at your bank. Account. 
Yeah. And so, you know, the for like a couple of years, I was just making such trash money. I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not bringing anyone else into this. I don't need to go talk to someone about how I didn't make enough money to live. Who gives it? They're always coming after me. And then last year I made um, okay money that I'm happy with. And so if that were year one, I would just do my taxes. <laughs> but it's year three and it's too complicated to even fathom. I cannot, I can't fathom doing all the work for my other bank account. Right. Oh my God. What have I done? What do you think? How much time do you think it would take to do that? I mean, infinite. More time than you've spent stressing about it? No, I don't spend time stressing about it. I stress while I do other things. <laughs> You're multitasking your stress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because I don't stress about things like other people do. I, you know, I think I, um, like Lyra was stressed about, Lyra would stress about this. Most people I know would stress about this. I don't really stress about things that don't have real consequences. You don't think it's ever going to have a real consequence? No, I'm not saying not ever. I'm just saying... You can't see it. Not this year. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? And also something... You know, you also think maybe just something will magically happen and it'll get fixed. I don't know. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm I mean, impasse. Can you imagine that it's probably not going to be as painful as you think it is to to do it? Well, yeah. Here's the thing: when I was golden, right? Yeah. When I when my career was at its zenith, and I had a bunch of people doing stuff and getting documents for me, you know, what a lot was that? easier. What when did you that have look managers, like? managers and agents handling your finances? Um, to a certain extent, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's easy to get stuff like, oh, I need to get all my W2s, you know, and it's like my manager will be like, I'll get my assistant on it. They'll compile it. for me. Here it is. Here, mm -hmm. here they all are. That's great. But um, so then, you know, at that point, go to brass taxes, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, sat down. I didn't remember I did two years at once at brass taxes. And it was, you know, it was. It was the most painless experience doing taxes, especially in multiple years. I mean, just because it's like I was proud of myself. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm like, look at this. Look what I've done. <laughs> look what I brought. But, it, but then it still takes hours. Yeah, it still takes hours. And then you got to do stuff, uh, you know, before you got to do stuff after. Um. And so if it was all like that, you know, it's like, it still sucks. I just don't like spending any time doing anything I don't want to do. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? And so then um, a couple more years went by and then I got a recommendation for perhaps the worst tax preparer on earth. And I, I'm so mad about it because... What happened? I, I could have gotten anybody... But a friend, a trusted friend said, this is the guy I go to. He's great. The guy doesn't have an email account. That's a red flag. I have to fax the guy. I have to call the guy. Fax. You got to talk on the phone. You just talk it on the took, phone and then you're like reading numbers to him? How does that go? It took months, man. Oof. No, I mean, I went in to his home office. Um, 
And it, it just took so long and it was so confusing and I was so mad. And I still had to end up doing everything. And he was one of these people who didn't, he didn't have one piece of advice for how to get a little more money. How much can I put on this? How much should you put on that? You know, is the answer. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Answers are riddles. I just want someone who's going to be like, here's what you can put down maximum for your income on this. You travel a lot here. Here you go. But I, I had to do every single part and it just, it took so, so long. Um, and, uh, I just, I broke. And then that was three years ago, you know? And then right after that, I had like two terrible years. So it was like that compounded with the bad years financially, with the bad experience. And then, and then this year when just everything's a fucking mess, is it possible? Is there something I can do where I just like write the government a thousand dollar check and be like, I know this is more than I, I, I need to give you. I'm probably making money. You know, you're probably, you're probably supposed to be giving me money. Right. I just don't want to talk about it. Here's a thousand dollars. Let's call it even. Well, one, I mean, that's kind of what you're doing through withholding. Like if you have W-2 income, meaning you're an employee and you're on payroll and they're withholding some income as to pay taxes along the way, every time you get a paycheck, they've like, mm -hmm. you know, skimmed some off. That's mm -hmm. essentially doing that. That's you being like, here, take this. We don't really know how it balances out yet, but just like, I got to be paying you something. I'm paying you something. Lay off. And in most And then cases, I want a fucking car <laughs> on the price is right. And you know, that's like the most complicated tax thing you can do. Every time everybody does taxes, they have to answer whether or not they want a fucking car. The price is right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you have to say if you want on a game show and like, why does everyone in the country have to say that they didn't? You know, that that sounds like it's in it's an insane complication. I don't know if I'm more or less open than you were assuming I was going to be getting in here. I don't I know because you made a comment. Well, I was just I was thinking about it before the interview started of like, you know, you a lot of people have you you speak so eloquently about how it feels. Right. And it's not a feeling that only you have. It's a feeling right. that a lot of people have. But other people, you know, the fear of airing that fear or of vocalizing it is something that you don't have, <laughs> or at least like yeah. that you can get over. And I wonder if that's probably from being a performer and from stand up that you are more comfortable talking about uncomfortable things. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, also, I, I have had a show for a year and a half talking about finance, you know, talking about right. money, talking about, you know, and so, and I also have, you know, three, I've had three podcasts, you know, in the past couple of years. Um, so I've just, I talk a lot about myself. Yeah. No, I think that's, and, uh, you know, none of these are secrets to yeah. people who listen to my shows. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah. And also being a stand-up, you know, how many people's early jokes are about how poor they are. Um, everybody. I mean, you know, you talk about who you are or Did else you it have doesn't work. Oh my God. I almost didn't. I almost had years where I didn't have jokes that weren't about it. <laughs> I mean, I had so many. Yeah, you're so poor. Your whole life revolves around you being poor. Right. When you're poor. 
Um, because you just, I mean, people don't understand. It's hours a day. You know, you, you talk about how just time, much time I spend just thinking about taxes, you know, when I could not think about them at all. Um, but uh, when you're poor, you just spend so much time doing things that other people never even think about, you know, like delaying stuff, having to go down to places, you know, <laughs> like calling people on the phone, standing out, like trying to get unemployment is like a full time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is bonkers how much more time rich people have that, and they don't they don't factor that shit in. That's very true. My time doing what I want to be doing and not taxes is worth money. Right. Like if I'm losing money, not doing all this stuff and not keeping track and not being diligent in my bookkeeping, uh, I'm paying for that and I'm fine to pay for that. I'm okay losing money by not keeping track of things. Right. That's worth it to me. Really? So like you would be fine with just the government taking any amount of money from you. (laughs) And, and no, not of course knowing. not any amount of money. Um, I don't have a problem with the government taking my money. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, um, the, the government spends the money on some good things. I was doing taxes through a uh, volunteer tax program. We talked about this on your podcast, uh-huh. the Vita or Vita, where uh, if you earn under a certain amount, you can come in, you bring all your stuff, and then a volunteer yeah. does your taxes. A volunteer who's like... How much is that again? Qualified. Zero dollars. No, how much do you have to make to be ineligible? Oh, I think it's under like $60,000. But I think there's mm-hmm. caveats about um, how you make the money. Like if you have a Schedule C, which you have and other people who make money, maybe you have, maybe you don't, of other people who make money as 1099 income where they're just paid as a contractor. That's That goes on your Schedule C. But everything where you're paid as... What type of work would uh, that be? I don't any kind of work. I mean, it can be, it's, it's basically just whether you are on a payroll or not. So if you're on payroll, then you're going to get a W-2 and that's when they pay you a check. They've taken some taxes out of it. There's a whole system. They're like, we put yeah. paid this much to unemployment insurance or whatever. Like right. that's when you're on payroll, you get a W-2. When you just get like, here's the $2,000 that we were going to pay you. It's all yours, uh-huh. written in a check, or here it is handed yeah, to you in cash. Yeah. Then you get a 1099 at the end of the year if they're doing their accounting, which shows, mm-hmm. hey, we paid you this much money. You're responsible for the taxes on that. Nothing mm-hmm. was taken out. But it's much easier with that money to say, okay, here's my $2,000, but I have $1,500 worth of expenses against that. So, you know, because to make this $2,000, I had to, you know, uh, drive a bunch and I can write off my mileage. I had to, you know, mm-hmm. buy equipment. I had to pay for studio space, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the difference between 1099 and W-2. But most people are on W-2s. You go work for somebody and then they have you on payroll. They pay you after withholding taxes and they are responsible for paying those taxes to the government. And then you settle up with the government after you get your W-2 that shows how much you made for the year and how mm-hmm. much was paid in taxes for the year. But uh, and then they usually like if you just have one job, usually uh, the taxes paid will be more than what's owed. And so all you have to do is come with your W-2, they plunk it in and then it says, you know, you've paid this much in taxes on that much in earnings. And actually you 
they overwithheld tax, they overpaid it. So here's your refund. You get some back. And a lot of people, because they don't know how to do taxes, they think they have to pay if they, you know, or a lot of times do have to pay, you know, or don't know where to go, don't know who to ask the questions of, don't understand it. They'll just let the government take that money. And there's, I can't remember what the figure is. There's some massive amount of money (laughs) that the government makes on poor people who just don't file their taxes, you know, Mm, and mm -hmm. uh, people who are like, rather than pay to deal with this or figure out a free way to do this, Mm -hmm. I'll just let it go and overpay on taxes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's like a social justice thing, too, to be like, no, (laughs) we're all doing our taxes. We're all going to show that we spent more money than, you know, doing these business activities when that's the case uh, in order to to settle up and make sure that, you know, it's it's being fair because the people who have tons of resources have hired a guy whose assistant goes and gets all the info like you were saying about you know when you have mm-hmm. an agent and manager and all that stuff like people who have the time whose time is less valuable <laughs> you know are going yeah. and doing the the footwork for that but you know here, here's an analogy uh, of uh like doing all that extra work to get more money you know it's like Think about like you want to you want some mac and cheese, right? Mm-hmm. You could go to the store next door and pay four dollars for a mac and cheese, like mm-hmm. a box of mac and cheese and then bring it home. But if you go to Costco, you can get that mac and cheese for two dollars. Um, so you go to Costco, you buy the giant box of Costco and then you call your friends and try to sell them other mac and cheeses and then you finally you recoup the money and then at the end you've only spent two dollars on this mac and cheese like that's how, that's how i feel about the tax it's like sure. i because you I then don't you've care. also put all the all the time into like yeah it's so much more worth it not thinking about it. Yeah. like if i'm gonna save a thousand dollars in a year mm-hmm. by you know keep like writing down every time i spend money somewhere you know in a in a bookkeeping software or in a notebook or wherever Every time I every time I spend some money and like what type of money it is and where it's going or what I did spending this money or why it's helpful, that is not worth a thousand dollars at the end of the year. Not 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 even close. What would be just because I'm not going to do it? I, <laughs> it, it. It's too hard for me. You know, it's not as hard for you. It's hard for me. Well, I mean, the only reason it's not as hard for me is because it was hard for me, and then I weirdly decided that I was going to learn everything I could about taxes so that I wasn't getting fucking scammed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's the same way. Like I couldn't, I didn't have any money. And then I did a podcast where I learned a million different ways to make money. Mm -hmm. And now I I can make money. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, I I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if I learned how to do, but I'm not going to learn how to do taxes because I'm not going to do taxes professionally. It's one of these things where I'm just trying to get a hold of my finances, you know, another reason yeah. for this show, like, and, um, it's just all one piece of the pie and, um, you know, it's, I'm 40 and it's not cute or okay to not be worrying about the future because I am in the future. Right. I have a Vanguard, you know, IRA account. I have, and I'm I'm trying to do all the right things. And obviously this is the biggest, hardest one to just get over. But when I do it, it will feel incredible. Well, how about this? W- would you be open to doing it with us, doing it with brass taxes? 
I think you know that I would. <laughs> okay. I would love Let's it. Let's do that. I'll I'll bring I'll connect you with Russ and then you oh guys can just dig into it and then it'll be done. So Nick embarked on his journey to pull all this shit together for his 2019 taxes. And while he was doing that, I talked to this guy. I'm Russell Garofalo. I started Brass Taxes in 2008, and now it's much lighter. <laughs> Before we dig into Nick's taxes, which we do in the next episode, we talked about where he's at right now. Often they think it's universal the way they feel, but having seen a lot of people, we recognize that most often we're adjusting to the client versus just talking them through taxes. So Nick has very low anxiety about not doing this stuff, but we're also trying to encourage him to, one, potentially look at the upside of dealing with it, which may be, hey, you could have money just sitting out there waiting for you to go get it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a couple hours and a couple hundred bucks to pay us to go get a couple thousand bucks. So you're getting a good hourly. You want to look at it that way. I mean, it does sound like there's some anxiety, even though it doesn't come out, you know, he's not losing sleep over it. It it seems like what's blocking him from doing it is an anxiety about how painful the process will be. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the avoidance of this is a general feeling of frustration and powerlessness. So not that inherently getting it done makes you feel better, but being able to speak openly and honestly about your experience and to realize you're a normal person mm -hmm. and the way you feel is not crazy or an outlier, but you're normal. This shouldn't be uncomfortable. You shouldn't feel judged. You shouldn't feel like you just have to accept whatever we tell you. And I think that's generally how people feel. It's weird. It's a forced transaction because the government says you have to do this. Mm -hmm. I think the way we look at our clients and helping them with their money, it's not my money. When it's my money, I'm just as anxious and tense as anybody else. Mm. But when it's somebody else's money, I can just kind of think of like what would be the best way to achieve their short-term interests and long-term interests and to find a, a good line to, yeah, get them a good result, but don't be too greedy because you don't want to deal with this stuff later. And to just kind of navigate that path together and, and kind of walking down that road together. Mm. Like who has a financial person? Right. Especially in like us in our 20s, like nobody. I, it It offended my ego that you had to have you had to be rich to get good advice or service mm -hmm. or treated well mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's if, if you had the same experience but for me i was not only trying to make money as a freelancer but doing that out of necessity especially as the gig economy is taking off and more and more companies are uh, lobbying for legislation that makes it so they can keep paying people as independent contractors rather than having them on payroll. This is more and more a way of making money that people are not choosing but forced into. And and there's just not a lot of education out there. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point that, yeah, I also was making money as a 1099 person of no choice, only that that's the way the companies I was working with told me I was going to be paid. Right. And 
I struggled really hard to get to that point. So <laughs> yeah, to be paid at all. <laughs> yeah, I I I applied for a, a what was it called? Head of post production or something at Good Magazine mm. in their video department. And they came back and said, we chose someone with more experience for the job, but we'd like to offer you an internship. It doesn't pay initially, but blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, I was literally at a point where I'd done so many internships mm -hmm. and I was just, but I was still like, all right, fine. Like, I don't have anything else to do um, at this given point. And then that ended up leading to a job of $400 a week. Oof. Uh, and I would go there after I left the onion where you were getting it, paid $0 a week where I was getting $0 three days a week. Yeah. I remember when I was going in to interview to get the internship at the onion, I picked up a, an onion newspaper right outside on Broadway and on the cover was, uh, what was it? It was something like ESPN intern spins into lucrative CBS internship. <laughs> or something like that. And I was literally going from one internship at Good Magazine to go get another internship at The Onion. And I was like, oh, they got me nailed. That's me right on the front cover. And I just, I just wanted to make sure if it came up, I had looked at a recent paper and I like saw my, my own life satirized <laughs> on the paper. It was so funny. I remember when I got my, when I was after interning there for free for many months at The Onion, uh, I was hired as the office manager, which was not what I was going for, but it meant some income. And at The Onion at the time, they had Onion headlines on the reverse side of the business card. And uh, mine was, cost of living now outweighs benefits. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, feels that way. <laughs> too true. Too true. Too true. I was working a job in the evening so I could intern during the days. This was when the stock market started crashing. And I remember being there at night and just watching it crash on TV together, like me and three producers. And we were like, they were all guessing like how low it was going to go. And I was like kind of enjoying like being part of the gang instead of... <laughs> <laughs> the intern who now works in at night by himself. But I was also knew that I was in a precarious position. Last and first out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, and, and it's it's not like I had a bunch of money in the stock market. I was just like, this is a big thing happening. <laughs> I remember my dad said to me, I was like, what does this mean? And he was like, for you, nothing. You don't have any money. <laughs> But it did mean that, yeah, then companies didn't have any money and they couldn't hire, you know, entry level applicants. Yeah. And then two, two, three days later, like the, the head of the company told everybody like, don't worry, we're in okay shape. Nothing's set to change right now. And then like six days later, he was like, okay, we're going to close all the New York offices <laughs> and move everybody to LA. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and so I just realized I needed a day job. I, I just asked around and I have a, f a friend, Justine, who I've known since high school and her, a friend of her parents was Harvey Zorowski and he was doing taxes and he worked from his house and he needed like admin help. Um, so I just took a job there and then within a month or something, I, I, realized, I was aware that I was doing my taxes badly and so were all my friends. Yeah, I felt, I mean, similarly, we were talking about being interns, you know, I had a, a similar experience to what you're describing with taxes. When I 
read a book that was like a anti-unpaid internship manifesto. And then I was just livid <laughs> after having done like three unpaid internships back to back and being in the position where I was like, well, this is what everyone around me is doing. I don't know what else to do to get into this industry. Everyone above me says that they did this and they eventually got a job. I didn't think about it in terms of the system being broken or the system taking advantage and that I had it didn't occur to me that I had any say in how I was treated. <laughs> and, so, and so once I, you know, read the perspective of someone who uh, was studying this and, and very much took on that that argument that it is completely exploitative and companies should be paying everyone for labor and here's what the laws say, et cetera, it became like a cause of mine <laughs> to, you know, uh, that, and then I was telling everybody. Yeah, it, it feels good to legitimize, um, to legitimize the struggle mm -hmm. and the frustration that people were experiencing. And I think what you just described is the shift from the personal or subjective experience and moving to the cultural or objective experience of being like, no, 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 the system is fucked up. Right. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what we try and do is legitimize the fact that like just because you're not successful yet doesn't mean you're not a business. Mm. Um, success and monetary success do not equal like valid career path or talent or uh, rightness or I don't know just justness in your viewpoint or something. Um, you know that the IRS code is much more forgiving than that and benevolent to just say like it's the matter in which you conduct yourself that that determines whether you're a business, not, you know, your profit from doing that. Yeah. So you're working for Harvey as his uh, administrative assistant. You're learning about taxes. You're realizing that not only were you doing your own taxes badly, but everyone who you knew <laughs> who was in similar situations of having multiple jobs or multiple income streams uh, piecemeal livelihoods being made here and there through different kinds of activities and also who were spending their time trying to build their hireability in a creative career, uh, like spending money on writing classes or at UCB or whatever, uh, that your peers and yourself were not realizing that those are actually a benefit, the money that you're spending on the way that you want, the career that you want, uh, could be helping you now on your taxes. It wasn't that I knew that everybody I was working with at UCB should be writing this off at their taxes, but I knew a lot more of us should, or at very least there was a discussion to be had. And um, I, I think my initial instinct was some blend of being frustrated and angry that I had been living on you know, twenty twenty two thousand dollars in New York, and that just writing off my writing and performing expenses over the last couple of years would have saved me, you know, probably a couple thousand dollars. And so now, fast forward, what is it, twelve, thirteen years? That uh, to now, what does brass taxes look like? Um, brass taxes is. 15 people. We are all 100% remote. 
which I really like because people move wherever they want to live and can take their job with them. Mm. Um, we do taxes for this year will probably be between 2,500 and 3,000 people. Wow. It's, it's been really interesting. I didn't realize how satisfying it was going to be, I think, emotionally or like of a life. I was really just initially looking at it as like, oh, I can earn like over $100 an hour doing taxes instead of $15 an hour editing videos I don't think are good. Uh-huh. Like, um, No pun intended and, with good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their videos actually were good. Okay. Um, it started out with creating the tax service I needed before I started working with Harvey that I couldn't find or didn't find me or didn't exist. And now it's turned into also like creating the kind of jobs for employees that also give them enough freedom and flexibility and free time to continue pursuing the things that they were doing before they ever started working at Brass Taxes. Like what? Nobody, well, like nobody, at, nobody working here came comes from a tax background. Mm-hmm. Like, like Lee is a drummer. Sarah is a drummer. Um, uh, Elizabeth is a jewelry maker and a musician. Um, Orion has a publishing company. Um, Teresa is a video editor. Um, Alexis and Kimberly come from uh, theater and film production backgrounds. We do hire primarily for communication skills because I don't think you can teach like the empathy or interpersonal skills, but you know, by the time you're sitting with a client by yourself, you've been reading and sitting with, you know, me or someone else for hundreds of hours to be able to sit and have a conversation somewhat comfortably with someone about their personal finances. Um, you're infinitely going to have to look stuff up and learn it. And your creativity comes in how well can you communicate that in a simple way to someone who needs that information, but is not inherently interested in the topic. Right. That's such a big part of it is like, uh, and I found really interesting when sitting with clients is trying to gauge how much they really wanted to know, you know, how much do they need to know versus what do they want to know? <laughs> and because uh, sometimes, you know, there would be something that I was excited about because I was nerding out about, you know, the difference between whether we take it on a Schedule C or, or on a Schedule A, you know, and uh, and that doesn't mean anything to someone uh, who is just like, listen, let's just get my taxes done. I have to be here because the government wants me to be here. And so, you know, sometimes I had some clients who were like delighted that I was delighted <laughs> that I was <laughs> really interested like, okay, in great. what I was doing. Yeah. But but yeah, there's a, a fine line to find of like wh- what needs to be communicated and how do you communicate it in a way where it can be received and not bogged down with a lot of um, jargon or all of the other trappings that come with this super confusing system of the tax code. We're adding that to a question on the questionnaire. It's going to be something like a continuum of like, how much do you want to know about this stuff, really? And one is like, tell me everything. (laughs) Educate me. And the second one is like, just tell me what I need to know. And the third one is like, just get it done. Yeah. And like Nick would be in the third category of like, just get it done. 
All right, we got our work cut out for us. In episode two of Brass Taxes, Nick Turner bears it all financially. You don't want to miss that. We got so many great guests coming up in future episodes. So while you're thinking of it, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to Brass Taxes? And if you want to leave us a rating or a review, that would be so kind. So please go ahead and do that if you would. Remember also that Pod 25 gets you 25 bucks off the fee at Brass Taxes if you're new to us. And yeah, that's it. I'm Caroline Craighead. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.